This episode is supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels good when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now, you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. And whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation and botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic. They also can be used to make more complex cocktails, and you'll find those in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to SeedlipDrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in the U.S. and in Canada, and again, that is SeedlipDrinks.com and this family tree tent. Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. We are so glad that you could join us for happy hour <laughs> on this family podcast episode 128. What'd you do wrong, Al? <laughs> Lots, okay. This family podcast? You know what, Shane? It's good. I'm ready to get into it. I'm having a good night. You are too, I assume. I think you're having a better night than me. <laughs> I hope not. I thought well, we were on the same page. It's kind of a this is a date night episode. If every if anyone remembers that time mid pandemic where we started these date night episodes, where it wouldn't just be one podcast a week. Mm-hmm. Oh no, there'd be two. And that second podcast was called Date Night, where we'd get a little tipsy and just ask each other frivolous questions. And this happens to fall on a Wednesday, which is Wednesdays the night where we used to record the date night. But when we stopped recording date nights, we still kept the tradition of having date nights on Wednesday and having a drink or two. And folks, even though we have had a drink or two, we are still having this podcast accompanied by Seedlip Non-Alcoholic Spirits because, I mean, you know, there's only so much you want to drink on a date night anyway when you got to wake up and parent or work or anything. So Shane, cheers. So true. It's something that makes you feel like the night's still going as it was without it being detrimental in any way to your next morning. Oh, 100%. Cheers. Well, tonight we're doing a Seedlip Spice 94 and tonic. Keeping it light. I mean, mm. I wanted a refreshing drink because it got hot today. Like, I'm not just talking about the date night, but it got hot weather-wise. We were sitting out on the porch, our first porch date night of the season, I might add. I'm all of the season now. I've been watching Bridgerton uh, season two. Yes, I get all they, these they references. They talk about seasons of all course. the time. It's just, yes. you know, I, I'd like you to watch that with me. It, it's a frivolous show that just kind of makes me happy. And this season actually feels better than the first season. I like the story better. I heard the hot guy's gone though. Yeah, well, there's a new hot guy. Really? And the chicks are the chicks are very beautiful, and um, it just seems like an actual cute love story. I wasn't chicks. sold. Listen, I wasn't sold on the love story in season one. I'm only three episodes in on season two, and I'm sold on this love story already. I like it. And it hasn't even taken... Hold on. I need to fix my phone. Take off low power mode. What does low power mode do? Okay. I was on low power mode, so my phone kept shutting off, and I couldn't see my notes. I don't think I've ever not been on low power mode. (laughs) So anyway, that aside... 
Tonight we have an interview that I am so excited for you guys to hear. I have Erica Schwass from Consonant. So she is the head of science and wellness at Consonant. And we talk like, okay, I love skincare, but do I actually know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely not. And every time I, I think I know, I read something new and I'm like, oh crap, like I, I really didn't know what I was talking about at all. So Erica in this interview really helps me kind of sort through those and she answers all my questions and we get the lowdown on common skincare ingredients if you ever wanted to know what a BHA is, what an active is, an emollient, a humectant. We get into every little thing that you might see on like the skincare Reddit, skincare addicts. Uh, We talk about the right purchases for your skin type. So like if you have oily skin, what is the one thing you should buy? If you have dry skin, what is the one thing you should buy? How to layer skincare. I got really into like Korean skincare, you know, I don't know, a half, year and a half ago, mid-pandemic, and I was doing like a nine-step routine. How the hell do you layer that? Erica tells me, and she tells me the role that other factors like exercise, water, and we get on to orgasm and the f- the the factor that that has on your skin health and your your skin beauty for and lack so of a better so an orgasm term. can affect your skin health Shane orgasms my are my orgasm or yours mine oh. are apparently amazing for skincare oh okay yes it's like it's so fascinating and everybody's gonna like this if you have even just a little bit of an interest in skincare like sit down with a pen and paper take notes. You're going to love this interview. She was amazing. She is so freaky knowledgeable. It's insane. It's amazing. She is so good. And she is just, she's so smart. Like she's a science brain person Mm. and I'm not. So I was very fascinated by that. So Shane, the first thing I want to get into is the fact that the entire family has COVID for the second time in a month and a half. A month and a half. I heard you. Yeah. (laughs) I was waiting for more of a reaction, I guess, even though you've been in it with me. People are saying it's a hoax. People are saying that I've got a false positive result, that it's medically impossible. No one believes me, so I'm a little hesitant to even admit that I have. Okay, so before we get into the possibilities of it, what public health says, what our doctor says about it, I want to rewind and kind of just get into the story here. So Shane had a weekend away, and this was something I was nervous about, and this would have been a podcast topic as it is, because I was very nervous about Shane, you know, who's working two days in Toronto last week, as he is now doing, and then he was going for a weekend, a three-night weekend with his buddies for his buddy's 40th birthday. So it was five days that I was solo parenting, and I was, like, real stressed, and that's, like, as a healthy family. So I, you know, grab Shane, we pick up one of his buddies, we pick up another buddy, we drop them off at the other buddy's house, and then they go to Ellicottville for the weekend. And I'm supposed to be hosting, because I hate being alone, a party for the wives and the children the next evening. So, you know, I drop Shane off, everything's good. Then the next morning, I wake up with a migraine headache that was with me all night, like I figured it out at like 1am and it didn't leave. The morning was here and a stuffy nose. So I was like, all right, you know, this is kind of weird. I'm going to do a rapid test just so when people are here at the party later, I can make them feel comfortable about my stuffy nose. Do the rapid test. 15 minutes later, I have the thickest red line that I have ever seen. 
And thanks I, a lot. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it seemed like an innuendo to say. <laughs> I had COVID. I had like full force COVID. So I take the girls to get a PCR. And I test positive. Lucy is inconclusive, but it was so clear that she had it. And Betty was negative at that point. She's since been positive. But I canceled the party that night because of the COVID, told all the women and the kids. And then I was like, God, like now I have to tell Shane because his buddies are on the trip with the women that I just canceled with. And I was like, I don't want to tell Shane because, yeah, I don't, first of all, he's not going to have it because he, just tested positive for it like a month ago like three four weeks ago but I had to because he was going to hear it from somebody else so I told him hey babe like we have COVID and just that's that I you're gonna be fine though and you did a test that weekend and and you were negative so all was well and now kind of take it to your perspective well, a lot of people didn't even want me to take the test. Like at the I, party? Yeah, because people are already starting with the rhetoric of which I, I could have believed mm-hmm. that you cannot have COVID again. It would be impossible. And it, even if you were testing, it would be because the antibodies are still in you. Whatever. There's all this like science going on. But it's like if I did officially test positive, it could have a domino effect where other people in my room might mm-hmm. test positive who also had COVID in basically under 90 days and they didn't want it to ruin their weekend. But for me, I'm like, I would rather be the asshole in the overly cautious way than the asshole in the, you know, whatever, because I know there's going to be a subsection of the the wives that are going to care about it. So I, I just didn't want that whispering behind my back. I wasn't worried for me about... I don't know, being an asshole. I was worried about seeming like an asshole to the minority. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, plus you don't want to like, you don't know who you're going to see at the bar. You don't want to accidentally get somebody sick who's immunocompromised, whatever, you know? Yeah, it was for me, it was all like a public perception, like a PR thing. Honestly, I was just doing the math and I'm like, I want everyone to feel comfortable. And if the, if I'm going to make anyone uncomfortable, it's the guys who just want to party. Yeah. Not the people who are actually worried about their safety. So I took the test. Luckily, I got a negative test. I, I didn't have COVID at that point. Then, you know, great weekend. Everyone in Ellicottville is unmasked, by the way. So who knows? I, I could have theoretically gotten COVID yeah. from someone in Ellicottville. However, I did have the feeling that maybe the... The common belief that you cannot get COVID twice within 90 days was there. So I was living a little bit freer and uh, after having that test. And, you know, you couldn't find an, a mask in Ellicottville to save your life. Like if your life depended on it, <laughs> you could not find a mask. Is it quite Trumpy? There was Trump signs. Yeah, yeah. there's Trump signs. But it's just no one wears masks. I come home. Kids coughing on me. <laughs> wives wanting to make out. It's true. And uh, I started getting like a feeling that my lungs were mildly burning, mm. but it's it could be psychosomatic. And then I tested the next day and it said I, I was positive for COVID. Yeah, we definitely gave you COVID. Like the kids were so excited to see you. I was so excited to see you that the second you came home, we were all just like kissing your face, hugging you. And we we're all snuggling up that night, watching TV, reading stories, whatever. We definitely gave you COVID. And we had previously thought that you and the children had COVID. Yeah. However, you never tested positive for COVID. And this is with a PCR. 
we just thought you were getting like anomalous false positive false negatives mm-hmm. even with the pcr well beca- the pcr shame was only on the very first day that we even had symptoms yeah so i likely if i had tested with pcr on day five i would have been mm-hmm. positive yeah myself and the kids because we brought that up with public health i've been on the phone a ton with public health and doctors since our recent diagnosis um and I was like, is this possible? What's going on? And they said, it's not common, but it's definitely possible. And people being reinfected within a month time span is becoming more and more common. And they said it's because the prevalence of two different variants out at the same time. So they think that we were infected with one variant a month ago and then a new variant or, you know, maybe Delta then, Omicron now or vice versa. Yeah, if you... If you get Omicron twice, it's it's almost 0% chance. But apparently, if let's say you got Delta first, there'd be a 20% less chance of you contracting Omicron, but there's still an 80% chance you could still get it the way everyone else does. So it's not that ludicrous. However, once you contract COVID within 90 days of each other, Every friend you know is a COVID (laughs) expert all of a sudden. They didn't know shit earlier, but now they know everything. They're scientists. They're telling you it's medically impossible. They're making you feel bad depending on their social agenda. You're an asshole if you test. You're an asshole if you don't. I'd rather play it on the side of caution. Anyway, that's our COVID story. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Anyway, Shane, I want to talk about, you know, we've been into it. You're weekend away. Weekend away with the boys. It's been a long time. You guys rented a cottage in Ellicottville, went out partying. Uh, I want to know how it was and if you danced with anybody. Um, I I noticed you were looking at a Instagram story with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and he was dancing. Mm -hmm. And all I could think is, oh, Alex is going to realize that when you go out, there's other women there. Yeah. And, you know, women are going to look at me and they're going to be flying off balconies and diving. Jumping. Jumping out of cars to get a shoe shame. One woman was foaming at the mouth. But yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, apparently it turned out she was uh, choking or something. It was <laughs> well, okay. The story of your buddy dancing. It was like he was dancing, and women were like there, but not with him. But I was curious. Do you dance with women when you go out with your friends? I dance around women. I'm first of all, I cannot engage with women i don't know how to i don't know how to. that's such bullshit you say this you say this you've said this you are so smooth with women and you rely on your awkwardness and your oh i don't know how to act with women to make you charming uh, uh, okay i want to know how that works i want to see a scenario that works you first of all you and i met on a date it's not like i picked you up with some smooth move at a bar no but you picked up lots of women at bars. No, I didn't. With your awkwardness, not with no, smooth I, moves. That's a lie. What are you talking about? Well, that's a lie. What are you talking about? You well, don't know me. Yeah, I, I know your uh, history. No, you don't. You don't know anything. I All my history is Tinder dates. I get, <laughs> it's it's me in a, like, a dark room concocting weird jokes. And then women go on the date and they're like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. And then after maybe an hour and a half, of getting to know someone and connecting on a deeper level that I can win them over or I won't. Right. But at a nightclub where I'm reliant purely on my dance moves, no, 100% fail rate. Well, I mean, you you can go into a corner and tell jokes. That's where your personality shines. What? I said knock, knock. (laughs) Pardon me. Get away from me, creep. 
it's like that's how it goes <laughs> okay look this is coming from my perspective i live with you you keep me laughing every single day alex i'm fairly comfortable with you yeah and so that's what i mean i can all make right, you laugh right. because we have a you have to trust even let's say i was 10 out of 10 handsome i bet you at the end of the night women would be like something about that man is off-putting <laughs> <laughs> like they just would they'd be like eh, the vibe is weird you know what i mean and that's what i give off and yes very few women like it but it's the women that do are subjected to me for a prolonged mm -hmm. period of time okay that's that's my magic well it's, still do you dance with women i dance around them i don't like to look at them <laughs> I, uh, if one talks to me, I don't know what to do. What, what if one brings up a topic? I don't know how to handle topics of conversation. So yeah, I don't, I don't engage. I don't talk. I act weird and that's it. Well, how was the weekend then? Fun. <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. Um, it seemed good. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I had a couple single friends and yeah, I think one woman tried to talk to me, but I couldn't talk to her. Why? Because you were remembering your loving, beautiful wife who you adore and you're like, can't do it. Or just because no, you, you were at a loss for words in conversation, Shane. The music's loud. I don't know what the hell she wants. Well, thanks. I'm looking for that. She's Alex, been missing ever since. I couldn't get you out of my brain kind of thing. Giving you the opportunity for romance, babe. I love you. Yeah, too late. No, it's never That's what too you gotta late. tell the woman who that. tries to talk to you at a bar. What's the song that I love? Cecilia, you're the one. Yeah. The one. What is it? He's like, um, when a girl comes up and talks to him, he's like, he just like puts a big stop on it. What's that line? I don't know. Uh, she had a wedding ring on too, though, so I don't know. Well, you can't trust married women, Shane. Why not? Can't trust married men. Why not? Because people are untrustworthy. They're okay, looking to get so under frisky. that theory, you can't trust anyone. No, you can't. I don't trust anyone. And mm. what's it? Oh, frick. That the line in the song, it's like, when girls come up to talk to me, I shoot them down. Because Cecilia, you're the one. And that's what I want you to sing in your head when you're out, Shane. No one ever wants to engage in conversation well, with me. Then for the person who does, that blows your mind because they do. I'll, I'll you keep be that like, one handy. F you. I love Alexandra Cunningham. I'll put that in my iPhone notes, yeah. But I would imagine if the roles were reversed, I can't even like, even thinking about it makes me so like rage filled <laughs> how you would be behaving on a trip like this if the roles were reversed. It's it's unfair. I, I would take the Pepsi challenge if somehow like God or whoever created everything <laughs> could be like, hey, watch a video of Alex's weekend versus watch a video of my weekend. No way. You would be so impressed. I'm glad. And I think you I would don't be too. think I would be that impressed with you. I think you would. You'd be oh, oh the things you'd be doing and I you'd truly, be no, no, no. you'd be playing it off like, "Oh, what? I was just dancing on the bar." So, it's not my like you would be pulling so much stuff where you plead oblivious. Hey, I've been known to dance on a bar. I've I been known that. to do that. But that's not with a man. I've been known to dance on the bar with myself and my friends. Yeah, Alex, that's the peacock move. It's not normal to be dancing no, on a bar with... No, but then shut everybody down. 
this you dance on the bar with your friends and then you shut everybody down. It's a power move. I don't try to lure any, not that I can, but <laughs> I'm not trying to lure anyone over to me to reject them. I would like the idea of you dancing on a bar to attract people and then shutting them down, though. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Next thing I want to bring up, because Shane is saying, who's going to want to talk to me? And first of all, Shane is an incredibly handsome man. If you don't follow us on Instagram or anything like that, you don't know who we are. Take it from me. Shane is a very handsome man. However. All handsome men as, need ooh. that proclaimed, by the way. Well, no, if they don't know who you, what you look mm-hmm. like, babe, I'm right. saying. But. Shane right now, as I'm sitting across from him recording this podcast, he has a big white gauze. keep it PG. (laughs) He's got a big piece of white gauze taped to his head because you have a gnarly wound that I have yet to see. Shane, what's happening today? I had an aesthetic procedure today to remove a mole. Aesthetic procedure. Yeah, it wasn't necessary. I know, yeah. It's not cancerous mole. I did get a check for cancer because uh, I was worried about seeming vain to remove a mole, but it wasn't cancerous. It was growing rapidly. It was growing large, though, and I decided to remove a mole on my forehead. You didn't want me to. No, I like everything about your face. Every mm. part of your face is like, what's like what's it an Enrique song or a Buble song? Who sings the song? You're beautiful. Is that Bruno Mars? No. Who sings that? That's uh, the British guy. James Blunt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's you. Thanks. And it's true. Enrique did have a big mold that he got removed. No, that was Enrique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm shocked because I think he looked better with the mole. That's not true. It is true. Okay. He looked more like himself. More like himself. I thought like you himself. would look look. I thought you would look mole like yourself with the mole and I was nervous about if you took it off, if anything would look different, but I don't think it'll look different. And I think I was just getting nervous because I liked Enrique's mole and I thought he looked not this himself all without it. Actually came down to you liking Enrique's mole? I grew up with Enrique being him and Ricky and Vince Carter were my guys. They as I was burgeoning into uh, you know, blossoming in, into a woman Enrique Ricky and Vince Carter wow all good matches for you I think <laughs> I think so I think they would all love me if they met me Ricky I'm kind of old <laughs> Ricky aside but I'm like Anna Kornikova she's like kind of Eastern European I'm Eastern European Vince Carter I just assume maybe I'd be able to pull some you know charm on him all right. I feel like they'd like They're me. solid theories, and I don't want to argue them. But it's interesting because when I got the mole removed, I just said to the, the doctor, what's the scar going to be? Nothing, right? He's like, oh, it's, it's going to be a scar. Oh, he said that this time? Yeah. And he, he this was last time, though, when I went for my consultation. Right. And I go, oh, how, like, it goes away quick, though, right? He's like, no, it'll be, it'll be fairly big for a few, <laughs> a few years. I'm like, what? years? I'm like, what? How come... When uh, Enrique Iglesias removed his mole, he's like, who? Like, you, Enrique Iglesias, he had a big mole in his face? He goes, I don't know. <gasps> I couldn't believe he didn't know who it was. This is a young guy, too, by the way. He's, like, younger than me. Wait, wait. Question in the middle of this. You trust a guy to remove a mole who doesn't know about Enrique's mole? Not really. Hmm. And when I say young, it's he's not absurdly young where right. he's too young to know Enrique. He's 38 and I'm 39. That's like, nice. that type of young. And then... 
I'm like, well, there's a singer, Enrique. He's a hunk. He sings like, <laughs> I will be your hero. He's like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, you cannot see any markings of it. He's like, he's wearing makeup. Oh. I go, okay. He's like, you can wear makeup and cover it up. But that was my lead into this surgery. So it is going to be a mark. But I still think the mark's going to be better than a big braised mole. Yeah, like who cares? Like either way, I mean, I, I, I liked your mole as it was, but... The scar is going to be so mm. not noticeable. We'll get some vitamin E on there, I make know. you feel good about it. I'm going to be on television soon. I got to uh, look good. In months. And this, it'll be like the wound will be healed in a few months time when you are doing that. True. But hey, we've been yammering forever about seemingly nothing. So should we get into this? episode yeah let's get why, into why it. you give me the raised eye no no, no no i had one other topic but i want to save it for the next it? no tell um, me what shane is i just want to hear what it is it's how often do you expect calls or texts from your loved one when they're on a weekend with the guys or girls and okay. let's no we're getting into no, it no, no. let's I talk want, about it right now no because you know what? i want to get follower opinions and bring this into the conversation i'm going to make it a wider thing we're saving it I'm getting more input, and that's that. Okay. I am not a big communicator at all. Well, you need to be. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just telling you, from a small age, when I would leave away for a sleepover, I'm talking like 11, I would just not call my mom or ever tell her where it was. It's just a thing, and it's not right. Yeah, it sounds saying, like a you problem, Shane. And I'm not uh, saying it's not. I know. But, We're working on that. Okay, we can unpack it later. <laughs> next week but we are going to get into our interview with erica schwass but before we do that let's tell everyone who we are supported by we are supported by bravado designs woo woo indeed shane they make as you know because you hear me say it every week the, the best, best nursing, nursing bras, bras of all time and I got to say, the best just everyday wearable bras to work, to hang out, to dates, whatever, because they have just started their everyday to collection. Two dates. You go on a date, you wear just a, in a bra. bra. Shane, this is it's my kind of date. The best everyday bras, whatever you do on the daily basis, their mm. everyday collection, they don't have clips. You know, we all fell in love with Bravado because they had awesome nursing bras with clips that were super convenient and easy to use. But their everyday collection has no clips. They are just for people with boobs, not just for nursing mothers. Good point. Amazing bras. I have turned so many people onto these and everybody is happy with them. And Shane, like, are you not happy with how happy I am? He's nodding his head. <laughs> <laughs> Bad for the pod, but good to indicate that I am. So you can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com and you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. That's amazing. And again, that is bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. But we are also supported by... True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying for you know over six months now to reduce our environmental footprint. And we've been succeeding. Thank you very much. A plus all around. I say we get the A plus. And one way we're doing this is through eliminating single use plastics in our households. Because with two kids and two adults, that is a lot of plastic waste, specifically in the laundry room. I Wait, mean, you what? have two adults? Me and oh, you. That's, oh, gotcha. 
<laughs> specifically in the laundry room. And our laundry room, because of all the laundry we do, used to be like a plastic detergent bottle graveyard. There were bottles and soap everywhere. It was disgusting. Get out of here. So when we discovered True Earth detergent, we... We haven't looked back because the detergent comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and just like toss into your machine. It is so easy. And the best part is that there is no plastic. The packaging is so compact and it has drastically changed the tidiness of our laundry room. It's much tidier now. And as a family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we typically like to opt for the baby detergent. It's family free, gentle on everyone's skin, and it's so tough on dirt. But Shane and I personally have really gotten a liking for their lilac breeze detergent, which is new. It smells so gorgeous. And it's still so good for sensitive skin. Shane, you have like a million skin conditions and it makes you feel good. Yeah. What do um you have? I don't I don't like telling everyone. <laughs> well, he's got something that he doesn't like talking about, but this doesn't aggravate his skin condition and that's a plus. So check out True Earth Detergent at <laughs> no, what's it called when your skin's flaking? What's it? <laughs> no, but it's blotchy too. Yeah, I, I know. It's a lot of things, but let's just talk about one. So, no, um, Psoriasis. No, it but no. it's not that. No, it's the other one. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Infatigo. No, no, it's that mm. one too, but go. Uh, so check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your order. You will love this product. Take our word for it. Again, that is true.earth and ThisFamilyTree10. <laughs> and now let's get to the interview with Erica. Erica, I am so happy that you are able to join me on This Family Tree. This is our second conversation over Zoom that we're having. Uh, we talked about skincare before, but for consonant and tonight or to this morning, I guess, we get to talk about it, you know, on this family tree's end. And I have so many questions I want to pick your brain about because skincare is one of those things that I think I get the hang of. And then if something happens and I don't, or like I'll spend 10 hours, like I won't sleep and I'll stay up all night on like the skincare Reddit forums. What is that one called? Skincare addicts. And I'll be on that and I'll be reading somebody's holy grail product and I'll be like, ooh, I don't have that in my routine. Then I'll try that and then I'll throw my routine for a loop. And it, it's just something I'm always trying to get an understanding of. And I know a lot of our listeners are too. One of the, you know, questions I get most in my DMs are, are skincare questions and I am not qualified to answer them. So I'm super happy to have you here. And could you tell us like, what is, what is your title at Constant? What do you do? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Love your podcast, but also <laughs> not only that, but also to be able to come on and talk about skincare and wellness and how it all relates is my favorite thing. So I'm so ecstatic, but Yes, at Consonant, I'm the science and wellness manager, which is a very exciting title to have because it's a brand that I think I'm the only person at a skincare company with that title because we're one of the only brands that is really pairing the science and the wellness components and how it factors into skin health. So yeah. I'm sure we'll dive into that, but that is who I am at Consonant. So what, what is your background in? Like science or skincare? Yeah. So I have a science background. I have my bachelor's in nutrition and nutraceutical science, and I also have my master's degree in human health and nutritional science. What is nutraceutical? I don't... It is food-based natural health products. So okay. for example, 
Like if you were to extract the antioxidants from food and create a supplement, that's a nutraceutical. So it's like a food derived, uh, supplement. So it takes you kind of beyond nutrition with additional benefits. So yeah, the study of that. Amazing. Yes. Total lay person here. And I know a lot of our listeners, lay people too. So I might be interrupting you to dumb things down for me personally. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Happy to do that. Yes. Perfect. So lots of nutrition background, lots of science background, um, which really helps because, you know, great skin is about Mm -hmm. more than great skincare. So it really helps to have a little bit of that scientific literacy just so that we can take that into skincare. And when we manufacture and make our products, Yeah. So, So, you know, when you say great skin is not just about great skincare, I think that's really important to touch on because skincare and uh, very much until I was in like my 20s, I did not spend money on because I thought it was unattainable and I thought good skincare to a degree that I saw, you know, celebs using it, whatever, was very unattainable to me. And in some regards it is, but I think what people need to know is that there is so much more to it. And again, we will get into that. And products are becoming, I think, way more affordable, especially if I look at companies like you uh, at Consonant and um, companies like The Ordinary. It's like, you know, you're separating the actives from other things and giving people exactly what they want. I know with Consonant, like that's all I use. That's all I've been using for a year and a half. I brought my bag, my little makeup bag with you to go through products because we are going to go through my whole routine personally and you're going to tell me how to do it properly. But what I like is that I can create my own routine depending on what I need that day by having all the actives available. And the first question I want to get to you is what, what are actives? How do I describe that? Active ingredients are the biologically sort of active um, components of a skincare product. So it's an ingredient that has a targeted benefit to your skin. So it's going to stimulate your skin in a certain way to achieve a result. So typically you are tailoring the actives you're using to address a specific skin concern. Now it can be confusing. I think this is why there are those deep dives we can go into in skincare is because there's a lot of overlap with the results that you're getting, but there's a different mechanism that the active might be targeting. So I know that people are very concerned about, for example, hyperpigmentation. There's a lot of different ways we can address hyperpigmentation and choosing different actives that act through different biological mechanisms. We can address hyperpigmentation in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a lot of actives that may act on the same mechanism, but there's different. So there's lots we can dive into with that, but actives are just those substances that can trigger our skin in ways that have beneficial results. And would hyperpigmentation, would melasma and like H spots, would that fall under hyperpigmentation? Yeah. Hyperpigmentation is just any kind of dark spot that we're seeing on the skin from melanin production. Okay. Okay. So actives, again, dumbing it down, the ingredients that achieve a specific result in like the plainest terms, is that... Yes. And I do want to be clear when it comes to skincare, there are drugs and there are cosmetics. So drugs are specifically treating diseases 
So for example, acne is actually a disease. So you can only treat acne with drugs. So those have been proven. You get them through prescription or some over-the-counter solutions. Um, but when it comes to cosmetics, that's only addressing something that's aesthetic, something that we see. So it's not, we can't claim legally that we are treating acne with a product. But there are a lot of actives that are in cosmetics that can help address the appearance of acne. So okay. we're just going to yeah. So when we talk about treating something like acne or melasma, we're not necessarily treating the condition, but with cosmetics, we can look at the the visible results. Yeah. So you're treating the appearance, not the underlying issue of why that's happening. Yeah. And we definitely see really compelling studies that are actually treating it, but the way that our system regulates cosmetics mm -hmm. and drugs, it is different. So we do have to be mindful of, you know, the language that you use in advertising or the way we're talking about it. So when I talk today, I absolutely am not going to be using recommendations that are going to substitute sort of medical advice. And you should always be talking to your doctors, but I might talk about the research and some compelling uh, literature that suggests mm -hmm. how there may be mechanisms that could potentially treat something like acne, um, but we aren't going to make any kind of claims to treat disease or kind of substitute as medical advice or talking to your dermatologist. You know, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you entering a conversation like that and that kind of transparency, because I don't think you see that kind of transparency very much in beauty companies, in skincare companies. People love to make wild claims and you know they're not possible. Like I saw a cream being advertised to me the other day on Instagram uh, and it said, stop dry brushing, stop ex like having to exercise or having to eat super healthy and get this cream. It'll make all your cellulite go away. First of all, I don't like that kind of advertising anyway, you know, and secondly, it's like, no, that, that's bullshit. That's not how it works. Maybe it can reduce the appearance if there's caffeine in it for a couple hours, but that's about it. So yeah. that's one of the reasons that I really appreciate consonant. Um, and I like the holistic approach to everything and to health and to wellness and to skincare. So, all right, breaking down everything before we again, get into, you know, routines for different skin types. So we've gone over actives, BHAs and AHAs, because this is a huge issue with pregnant breastfeeding women. Cause we're told to stay away from BHAs. We can stick to AHAs. What what is a BHA? What is an AHA? And I'm getting tongue tied. And why is one okay during certain phases of life, like pregnancy, and one is not? AHAs and BHAs are both exfoliating acids, so they both work by breaking the bonds that hold oil and dead skin to our faces. It kind of dissolves that glue, so that top layer of skin can be exfoliated away through chemical exfoliation. So to kind of break it down further, there's usually two types of exfoliation, physical and chemical. Physical is kind of scratching away that dead skin layer. So you might think of like a scrub or something with something with abrasive substances in it. And chemical is just dissolving those bonds. So BHAs and AHAs are both forms of chemical exfoliation. And they work similarly, but BHAs are the, they're both actually acronyms. So BHA is beta hydroxy acids and AHAs are alpha hydroxy acids. So just different chemical structures. Beta hydroxy acids are lipophilic. Lipo meaning fat, lip, uh, philic meaning loving. So they're fat loving. So they dissolve in fat and they are um, also going to help dissolve fats. And AHAs are 
hydrophilic, so water loving. So they help to dissolve in water. So because of this chemical structure, they're good for different things. So BHAs being lipophilic are great at getting into the pore because our pores usually have fats and lipids in them. So BHAs are typically seen as something that can help with unclogging pores, reducing the appearance of blackheads. Often they're prescribed uh, in drugs for acne treatment because it can really get into the pores. And AHAs are typically seen as our surface level exfoliators that help to work at the surface and remove that dead layer of skin without getting too deep into the pore. Mm -hmm. And both are great. The reason that pregnant women are advised to stay away from BHAs like salicylic acid is just because there could be potential for it to cross the placental barrier where it could get into the fetus. And because the metabolic system of a fetus is not developed Mm -hmm. like our own, there could be potentially harmful effects. So to err on the side of caution, as we always do with pregnant and breastfeeding women, is just to avoid your salicylic acids, your BHAs during pregnancy. Um, whereas some doctors are all right with you using alpha hydroxy acids during pregnancy. Right. Yeah. Mine definitely was. And I remember, cause I love like many people, uh, salicylic acid for a pimple. I mean, nothing, nothing treats a pimple for me the same way that does. And when I first got pregnant, I, I didn't even think about skincare and how that could impact my pregnancy or my baby. And then when I found out, it was like, you know, three weeks in, I was like, oh my God, I've ruined everything. I've been using salicylic acid. I like ran to my OB and I was like, what am I doing? And she reassured me that it was okay just to stop at that point. Okay. I have this, I use it, my glycolic acid. What is that? Is that a BHA or an AHA? It actually has a blend of acids, but ah. it's mostly AHA. So yeah, we're looking at the maximum glycolic Metaserum from consonant. Mm-hmm. So it's a blend of five different acids. So primarily it's glycolic acid, which is an AHA. There's also malic, uh, lactic, and of course I'm going to forget the last one. <laughs> um, there's another, another alpha hydroxy acid. So it's primarily alpha hydroxy acids that in total make up 10% alpha hydroxy acids. Lactic is another AHA. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Okay. Perfect. And then there is a little bit of salicylic acid, but um, a very low concentration Mm -hmm. in there. Typically, we don't recommend mixing alpha and beta hydroxy acids, but with this blend in the consonant serum, it's just an excellent way to offer a number of different acid particle sizes. So glycolic acid being a very small particle size, it settles in a different layer of the skin. And so by having different particle sizes, you can exfoliate sort of different layers more thoroughly Mm -hmm. into the skin. So that's why we created that serum with a kind of blend of AHAs. Yeah, no, I like that. And AHAs, you know, helped me maintain because my skin went through hell after pregnancy. During pregnancy, it it was pretty great. And then after and, you know, during my breastfeeding journey, it's been like just breaking out whenever I decrease the amount of like that I'm feeding my baby because we're slowly getting off that. And then I break out like I'm 17 again and it's brutal, like just big hormonal welts. And now whenever I get my period, it's like super intense and I cannot wait to be on BHAs again and get that back into my routine. I know before I like before I got pregnant with my second and after I finished breastfeeding my first, I was using for a bit the Dr. Dennis Gross. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? The It's like they're like these wet nap 
nappies basically and you rub them on your face and it was like a BHA chemical peel, like at home chemical yes. peel. And there's it, like a two-step. Yes. Yes. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that really brightened me up. And that was like kind of my first mm. foray into BHAs. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. And then I got pregnant. So I'm like, crap, like I got to wait a significant amount of time to start bringing those back in because my skin really, like really responded to that kind of thing. So I loved it. Um, but yeah, AHA saved me. If I stop using them or if I forget, then like I really, really notice it. And are, yeah. are, are some people's skin more receptive to these things than others? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it also depends on your skin type. And like you say, hormones have such a major impact on our skin. So it's very subject to change through life events, especially something like pregnancy where your hormones are changing drastically and the actual condition of your skin is can be very different. So AHAs are typically excellent for people with more dry skin or normal skin, mature skin, just because they are working on the surface and they're more water soluble. Whereas BHAs are typically great for oily combination and acne prone skin because they, you have natural oils on your skin. So it kind of gets in there better. And that's why they're recommended for people with acne because they can be more effective. Okay. But AHAs, are also good for acne prone skin. Uh, so it's, it's kind of testing, seeing what works, where you're seeing results, but AHAs are a great all over kind of general resurfacing product. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And now have you, okay. Have you ever been on the Reddit sub forum skincare addicts? Oh yes. (laughs) Okay. Because like, I love going on it, but these people and half of them are like kids. They're like teenagers. I knew, you know, one, one hundredth about skincare at their age than they do. Like they're amazing, but I cannot keep up with the language. So another thing I want you to clarify, because I've had people in my DMS about this too. And like, it's way over my head. When you get to moisturizers, the difference between a humectant and an emollient, when I first saw these words, I was like, I thought moisturizer was just moisturizer. I thought it was all the same. And I'm like, this, that is when I realized I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And this is after I, I thought I had it. And I was like giving my girlfriend's advice. And then I was like, no, like I need to take a step back, ask an expert, Erica, that's why you're here. Humectant, emollient, what are they? Such a good question. There's (laughs) a lot of lingo for sure. When you think about the skin barrier, it's a mixture of oil and water. So when you use a moisturizer, you're trying to create almost an artificial moisture barrier or just help your natural moisture barrier stay intact. So you want ingredients that bring water to the skin, ingredients that help to bring oil to the skin and ingredients that seal it all in. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for humectants, which are water binding ingredients. So usually they're water soluble. So they are water loving and they also like to hang on to water. So their chemical structure binds water. So that would be something like glycerin, Mm -hmm. uh, hyaluronic acid, sodium PCA, fruit, um, extracts or, uh, sugars. So things like cassia and gustafolia seed polysaccharide, which is the chemical name for an Indian herb extract. So things that are going to bind to water for you. So would that be, I have two questions. Would that be considered what Monica honey is in? Do you, have you heard of that? Ooh, no, I have not. Okay. It's like, it's like a honey. A lot of people use for cleansing and then for moisture. 
oh, okay. I have to look into that one more. But the first thing that comes to mind is that it probably has water binding sugars in there okay. that are going to help to kind of hang on to water and act as a humectant. Then is that why we, like when you put on hyaluronic acid, because I, I, I use that and I, I use consonants hydrextreme a lot. And is that why we put it on damp skin so that it brings exactly. that water? Okay. Yep. So that you have water in the skin, because what can happen is if you apply a humectant to dry skin, it can either pull water from deep within your skin and start to kind of dehydrate it, or it starts to, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have anything to hang on to. And then if you hydrate or sorry, if you moisturize over top with something like a barrier, like something occlusive, it can just prevent your skin from actually getting that hydration. So yes, such a great point. Always apply ingredients that have humectants to damp skin. I didn't know this for a year. I only started doing this like six months ago and I was shocked. So I was like, I have been actually just dehydrated because in you're paying money for a hyaluronic acid and things like that and they can get pretty pricey. And I'm yeah, like, I have absolutely. not even been using them to like how I should. I've been doing more damage. So it really made a difference under my eyes, especially actually when I started yeah. doing that properly. It's such a good point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so humectants are the water binding. Okay. Emollients are things that bring water and oils together. So it can be kind of that middle step in a way. Um, so some, some oils are emollient or there's some ingredients that are both natural and synthetic that are in most moisturizers have to contain an emollient so that it, it actually mixes the ingredients and incorporates them together. Okay. Okay. And then finally you have your the word is completely not inclusive, is it? No. Occlusive. Thank you. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, occlusive. So that's kind of the final step. So this would be someone with very dry skin. Um, you would maybe want to apply an occlusive, which would be in um, traditional skincare. It might be a petroleum product like petrolatum or Vaseline. There's also natural versions, sort of lanolins or beeswax that create that barrier over the skin and really help to seal the water and oils and emollients into the skin. So there's probably on the subreddit, if you've been on there, mm -hmm. slugging is a huge topic of conversation, mm -hmm. which is kind of creating that sandwich of moisture where you're applying your hydrating products to damp skin, then you're creating that barrier with something like Vaseline to seal everything in. So this can be a good strategy for people with really dry or compromised skin enzymatic or, um, the, oh gosh, my words. No, it's, <laughs> these are a lot of words to remember. Thank God I took like grade 11 biology or I would be so lost with some of these words. Yes. Eczema prone skin, sorry, okay. is the word I was searching for, but yes, lots of lingo in there, especially if you're on these forums where people are just very into the skincare yes. game. You know, I got into slugging during the pandemic because everybody had the time. I had the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know, I do a slugging thing like two hours before bed and I'd sit there and I, I know some people think it's bad. Some people think it's good. My skin responded to it very well as long as I didn't do it too frequently. Mm -hmm. But I loved it. I just liked the idea of sitting there with like the shiniest face possible. There was something therapeutic about it. I, I didn't mind. Glazed are, donut look. <laughs> right? What are your thoughts on it? Slugging is it's, it's actually been around for a long time. I think we definitely have to shout out sort of indigenous cultures and black cultures that were doing this for many, many years. So it's nothing new. It's just new because of TikTok and kind of mainstream media really bringing it to the forefront. Um, so it's nothing that's profoundly new. However, 
if you're somebody who's new to slugging, it's again, that idea of putting a hydrating ingredient, your moisturizer, and then applying something like Vaseline or lanoline or beeswax on top to create that occlusive barrier because you're creating such a barrier on the skin, a blanket, if you will, if you have acne prone skin, if you have bacteria on your skin, it can seal that in as well. So it can exacerbate acne, or if you have other skin conditions, it can be harmful. But if you have someone with really dry compromised skin, perhaps you've overdone it with your exfoliating acids. You've been using a little bit too many active ingredients that are stimulating the skin and you get redness and irritation. It can be a way to bring down that, that kind of irritation on the skin. So I think there's definitely a place for it, um, in certain regimens. And when it comes to moisturizers is, is like one better than the other, like a humectant or an emollient, if we're only going with one kind of moisturizer, like in our routine, if we want it just a really simple routine, is there one that we should go for? Most moisturizers have many of these ingredients okay. in them, but a lot of the time you don't have to complicate it. You can go by texture. So in general, when you're looking for a moisturizer, for most people looking for something unscented and then going going by texture. So if you have very dry skin or compromised skin, looking for something richer, if you have more oily to combination acne prone skin, going for something lighter weight, and then recognizing what your skin might need. If you have acne prone skin and you have a lot of natural oils, looking for something that has more water binding ingredients, glycerin, those hyaluronic acids Mm -hmm. or hyaluronic acid alternatives. And then if you have more dry skin, making sure that you do have something really emollient, lots of plant oils, and then potentially something occlusive in there as well. Okay, good. And one of my Uh, the people I'd say online, like influencer types that got me really thinking about skincare more a few years ago was Lauren Everts. Do you know her from the Skinny Confidential? Yes. Yeah. So we've had her on this pod before and I was so excited because she is like my beauty and skincare hero, even though we have incredibly different ideals and we, we see things totally differently, but I love the advice that she gives because she has taught me so much, so much. And, you know, she is huge into ice rollers. She just launched her own, actually. I'm going to ask for it for Mother's Day. Um, She taught me about gua sha, facial massage, the benefits of all those things. And when it comes to things like that, is there an actual benefit or is it all just PR good marketing? There is a benefit. And I think reminding ourselves that great skin comes for more than great skincare and that there's many pillars of wellness at continent. We talk about there being four dimensions of wellness, body, mind, soul, and space, and all of them play into skin health. I think it's important to look at these practices as really multi-dimensional. So how is it helping you with your stress is doing facial rolling or gua sha helping you transition, especially if we're working from home, transition you from your work day to your nighttime kind of wind down routine. Mm -hmm. How is it helping you practice presence and grounding? And what's that doing to your hormones to help with how your skin is appearing? So there's sort of that side of the equation. And then there's also the physiological direct benefits. So it can help relieve muscle tension. So if you're clenching your jaw, it can help relax that, which may have some effects on your facial structure. It can help with, especially around the forehead area. Mm -hmm. If you're relaxing the muscles that you're overusing for expressing and emoting, you might see a reduction in the lines that, you know, those 11 lines or the forehead lines. And then finally, 
there are lymphatic drainage benefits as well. So using something like gua sha can help with moving the lymphatic fluid. So the the, the fluid buildup under our skin, our lymphatic system doesn't have a pump like our circulatory system. So, you know, our blood uses our heart to pump it around. Our lymphatic system uses muscle contractions, but we don't have major muscle groups in our face. So using something like washa that can help drain some of that fluid, you can see some natural sculpting of the face. Again, that tension release. And then if you're using cold facial tools like cooling globes, like facial roller, uh, ice rollers, that cold temperature can also have some benefits. So some depuffing qualities. And then my favorite is when your blood vessels constrict when they're exposed to cold, it actually can create a fluid vacuum in your skin and pull products deeper into the skin. Oh, wow. So it can also help if you apply your serums and products, use a cold facial tool. It can help sort of get that product into your skin. Okay. And so then with like cooling globes or an ice roller, because you are kind of still massaging the skin, it's different than gua sha, but you're still doing it. Is it still good for lymphatic drainage? Yeah. Lymph the okay. lymph system doesn't need a lot of pressure to sort of move it mm -hmm. around. So just that gentle rolling can definitely be, be beneficial. And then if we are doing it in the hopes of also like pulling in the skincare, do we want to do it before we do any products or do we want to put our serums on and then like roll them in or massage them in with the cold thing? I think it, it depends on what products you're using. If okay. you're someone that likes to do lots of different layers, doing the rolling, if you are using some pressure can spread those products around your skin and potentially move them away from the places that you want. So say you apply a targeted eye cream and then you're doing a lot of rolling over top, it could move that eye cream away from the eye area. But if you're trying to get the benefit of that vacuum effect and pulling the products into your skin, then applying them beforehand. I think to avoid any kind of tugging on the skin, I love applying products first, applying a nice oil-based serum, and then using that to create sort of a slip on the skin, reducing that tugging and pulling. Okay. That's amazing to know. Cause I, I definitely do want I think I just, I love the way cold feels on my face. Like I had a jade roller. It was a really crappy one though. And it fell apart after like a couple months, but it was, it was like terrible, but I used to keep it in my fridge and then it just felt so nice. Like it felt it great does. and it was, it was relaxing and I really felt that it was, it was doing something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was like psychosomatic, but it was doing something. And there's actually a piece of research early humans, <laughs> when we would go into the water, either to hunt or to retrieve something from the water, putting your face in, in cold water actually causes, a, it, it stimulates the mammalian dive reflex that causes our heart rate to slow and to kind of decrease the stress hormones in our body. So by applying something cold to the skin, you can stimulate this reflex. So actually using cold facial tools, it's mm -hmm. not just feeling nice on the skin, but it can actually help with your stress and anxiety levels as well. So That's you can nuts. get that dual benefit. Yeah. So who was it? There was a famous actress. It was Joan Crawford, somebody. And she used to, or maybe it was Marilyn, I forget, but she used to do like ice cold water, like freezing, freezing. And then this is where it got a little crazy, but boiling water on her face. And then she'd do go from one to the other, like very obsessively. But I, I guess had great skin. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. Sometimes little pieces of mm. extremes in the skin can actually 
trigger kind of a positive immune response where then it brings supporting chemicals from your body into your skin. So sometimes those things actually have something, I mean, I don't know in that instance, you know, the boiling cold, but sometimes (laughs) it's surprising the benefits we can get from different practices. No, I, I definitely believe it. All right, Erica, we are going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh, a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make the the best best basics for For your littles. Not just for your littles, but for adult women as well. Shane, I'm so sorry they only have the women's collection out right now for M and West. What? Well, I have an adult woman, and I'm very glad that I can provide for her now. <laughs> I got to say, guys, it is amazing. I've always been jealous of Lucy and Betty getting to wear mini Miosh clothing because, again, ethically made, so comfortable, so soft, so timeless. And now that they have their M and West collection out, I get to take part. I feel good. Now the three of us get to wear our mini Miosh around the house, and poor Shane is left out just... Mini Miosh-less. <laughs> but everything from Mini Miyash, as I said, is soft, comfortable, and timeless. And with the kids' clothes, it can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender because their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low-impact, non-toxic dyes. And they're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it, and they believe that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiyash.com or at minimiyash on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code ThisFamilyTree15, you are getting 15% off of your first order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is minimiyash.com and ThisFamilyTree15. And now let's get back to our interview with Erica. So I want to get into now, if you can give me, I'm going to give you a couple skincare conditions or concerns or whatever that people are trying to treat or lessen. And if you can tell me like one or two products for each, that would be the go-tos. All right. Because I I do want to consider that not everybody has, especially if you're on mat leave or something, not everybody has a ton of expendable income to throw out skincare. So if there's one or two things that people should get with this, I'm saying condition, but these things aren't like aging is not a condition. I guess it's a condition that your Mm -hmm. skin is in as it gets older, but you know what I mean, for lack of a better term, condition. So hormonal acne. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tricky one. I like to always recommend a really simple cleanse, treat, protect regimen so that, you know, cleansing their skin is prepping it for the next step, taking off pollution, makeup, you know, taking off the day. And then your treatment step is going to be targeted, you know, like using an active Mm -hmm. ingredient to specifically target that, that symptom you're experiencing. And then protect is going to be the sort of sealing everything in or applying a sunscreen, that sort of thing. So um, using a great unscented gentle cleanser is excellent for hormonal acne to help take off any makeup or buildup from the day that could be blocking your pores. Um, And then I love exfoliating. So something with a beta hydroxy acid, whether it's a serum or a toner is excellent for hormonal acne. AHAs can also be really helpful. And then finally using a great moisturizer that's lightweight, has water binding ingredients. So obviously, because I know consonant products really, really well, the constant natural foaming face wash is excellent. I love that that face wash. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, using something like our maximum glycolic meta serum, and then 
um, balancing face cream from constant and then the sunscreen in the morning. So something like that can be really beneficial. What I will say is hormonal acne is very difficult to look at and support just through uh, topical products. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend working with your naturopath or your primary care team to sort of get to the root of why your hormones may be causing your acne. So there might be something that you can do, whether it's the birth control you're mm-hmm. on or some of the foods that you might be eating, um, some of the lifestyle practices you have yeah. that could better treat. You might be able to get 80% of the way there with the products you're using, but that last 20% might not be um, able to be addressed just from skincare alone. Okay. You might need to go see someone. And in terms of the skincare elements that you mentioned, would that be the same for somebody like the BHA, so the gentle cleanser, BHA, and then water-based moisturizer for somebody with like blackheads or just not hormonal acne, but I don't know, what do you call the other acne? Just regular acne. Yeah, just, I guess just regular (laughs) acne. But yeah, if you're experiencing it on your forehead or yeah, blackheads around your nose, exfoliating is a great option for a lot of people, but there are also ingredients that can help with visible oil activity. So something like niacinamide or vitamin Mm -hmm. B3. Oh, I like those. Yeah. It's an excellent option because it, it works to generally address the sort of clarity of your skin. So it can be an excellent option. So again, from consonant, because I know it best, the vitamin B3 plus zinc serum contains 10% niacinamide. You also have some hydrating B5 in there. So it can just work for general clarity. And because it's water-based, it's really excellent for people with oily to combination skin. So that can kind of umbrella over a lot of the clarity issues you see, whether it's blackheads, Mm -hmm. acne, and it's very gentle. So it's not like your harsh acids. So it's and I, also even thinking about zinc, like that's what we put on our kids' butts when they get bad diaper rash. And I have seen using like penitent, my kid having like open sores to it being totally gone in a day. So using that, but formulated for skincare, I like I always see results with anything with uh, zinc and niacinamide, whatnot in it personally. Yeah, zinc is an mm-hmm. excellent ingredient, and there's even not talking skincare, but in the, in the research with like wound healing for there's something called autolytic debridement and zinc is capable of sort of stimulating the natural ability for the skin to remove dead tissue and heal itself. So yeah, that's why we use it for diaper rash and, and kind of baby uh, issues. Well, I'm not officially recommending this, but I will say that on Friday, because I was so stressed and anxious about getting COVID and my husband was gone for the weekend. So I was solo parenting. It was awful. I picked a pimple so bad and like made it into an open wound. And then I started to panic. And then I threw uh, a little bit of penitent on it and it helped. It helped. I'm not recommending people go and do that, but it did help. (laughs) I don't know if it'll help again in the future, but it was good. Um, okay. The next thing. So I know you went over it earlier in this conversation, but just to reiterate, uh, hyperpigmentation. So like melasma, like I have a little bit above my upper lip here, just from pregnancy. I got like all these like freckles there. Mm -hmm. Um, and PIH too. It's, it's like when you get a pimple and then it goes away and there's like still a mark there that happens to me all the time. It's so frustrating. So what product for hyperpigmentation? This is a big one because hyperpigmentation 
caused by different factors. So the best thing I can recommend for hyperpigmentation, you know, I'm going to say it's sunscreen. So prevention is the best. So much of our hyperpigmentation is caused by UV light exposure because it affects our melanin producing cells. And I will also say that if you have long-term sun damage and sunspots, it's very hard to make it go away with topical products alone. So I definitely want to be open and honest about the results you can expect. So sunscreen, (laughs) if you have hormonal melasma from your pregnancy, usually sort of third trimester, we see a spike in estrogen and progesterone, which can stimulate our melanin producing cells. And women often see it under their eyes or like you say, around your mouth area. Most of the time after you give birth, it'll go away. So not to worry. Some doctors recommend not treating it, but if it's something that is bothering you, check with your doctor and you can try something like a niacinamide treatment. Certain vitamin C products are acceptable during pregnancy. Um, Some AHAs can be good. I know you said your doctor okayed you for Mm -hmm. AHAs. So something to check with your care team because it can help to exfoliate the skin, remove that top layer because as our skin matures and moves to the surface, so does the hyperpigmentation cells. So using something like vitamin B3, it can be a tyrosinase inhibitor, which is the enzyme that allows our melanin to become mature and come to the surface. So by using something like vitamin C, retinoids you can't use when you're pregnant, but retinoids also work in this way. You can help to kind of prevent that hyperpigmentation from darkening. Um, so to sort of recap sunscreen for prevention, specific actives for the reduction in appearance, and then exfoliation for that surface. Once it's kind of come to the surface. So different options for you, but then depending on your life stage or the causes of your hyperpigmentation, um, different kind of mechanisms work a little bit better. Okay. And now you mentioned retinoids, which brings me to my final thing, my (laughs) final issue or concern or condition, whatever that I want to talk about. And again, that's, it's tough for me because I'm trying to shift how I view aging skin. And a lot of our listeners know this by, because, you know, I, I used to see it as a condition or as something that needed to be fixed, but I don't anymore. And I mean, not that I don't anymore. I'm trying to shift my headspace away from that and embrace it and just support my skin in a healthy way as it ages and as I get older. And when it comes to aging skin, and I mean, all of our skin is aging the second we are born, but when it comes to aging skin, what products are good for supporting that? And I know everybody talks about retinols. I have never used a retinoid, retinol, and I want to, I just don't know what to use. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. So I like your approach to aging and I think Constant shares the same view, whereas we aren't an anti-aging company, but we want to support your skin health and healthy skin looks radiant and naturally just looks beautiful as you age, fine lines and everything. So the way our skin changes as we age, we see a decrease in a lot of the hydrating ingredients in our skin, ceramide. So it tends to get a little bit drier. The structure of our skin changes, collagen decreases, especially after menopause. So depending on what kind of stage of life you're in, your skin might be changing in different ways. In general, hydration is excellent. So using products that help to plump up the skin naturally with water binding 
um, sugars, uh, glycerin, ingredients like that. Sun protection, you know, 80 to 90% of the visible aging we see in the form of fine lines and wrinkles and dark spots is caused by UV light exposure. So prevention. But then if you are experiencing some visible aging that is, is bothering you, retinoids are excellent because the one of the only sort of over the counter or sorry, um, prescription options for aging. Now they are prescribed traditionally for acne, but aging anti-aging is one of the benefits that they have. So when you're looking at retinoids, you can get retinoic acids, which are only available for prescription and they are the most researched, the most potent and the most efficacious. And then there are, there's retinol, which is what you can get in a lot of cosmetic products. And they are a little bit different. They're not quite as potent. So there are options on both sides of the spectrum, but it usually works by helping to increase cell turnover and by increasing the amount of collagen that's produced in the skin. So you can see a reduction in dark spots with retinoids. Sometimes people can see that kind of plumping of the skin, softening of fine lines, and then just an all over kind of glow because you are turning over that dead skin layer. When it comes to selecting healthy aging support ingredients that are not drugs or are from kind of that natural realm, hydrating ingredients, plant oils, making sure that you're just keeping the moisture barrier healthy through just gentle cleansers and moisturizers and your sunscreen. It doesn't have to be complicated. Okay. Okay. And if somebody was going for a retinol, not a retinoic acid, if I'm saying that correctly, Mm -hmm. is there still going to be benefits like enough benefits to use it or should they just skip the retinol and go right to the like the retinoic acids if they want that effect that's an excellent question there is a lot of different types of retinols and they're at different concentrations Mm -hmm. and the total formula makes a difference so what kind of ingredients is it suspended in what else is in the formula so it's hard to say specifically if there are some there are some good ones yes the exact parameters are very variable. So it's hard to recommend a specific one. And I will say also, if you are looking at a prescription retinoid, they do have side effects that can be really challenging to get over. It does dry your skin out. It is a little bit tricky to layer them in a way that is tolerated by your skin and it can result in irritation. So things to keep in mind when you're looking for, for options, because there are gentler options that are, that come with less side effects as well. So vitamin C is an excellent way to support healthy aging without something that's going to be really harsh and drying. Okay. And now I'm going to show you the skincare that I use. I don't use every piece of it every day or Mm -hmm. I often change in between morning and night, but I want you to tell me how to layer it properly because I don't know that I do. Okay. (laughs) So I have the, and they're all constant products. And this is not a commercial for listeners. I just, I just love the skincare brand, which is why I also got Erica to come on and talk to us today. So I have glycolic acid, like serum. I have the Hydrix stream. So it's like, is it a hyaluronic formulation? It's an alternative hyaluronic acid. So it contains water binding sugars in a, in a plant extract and some glycerin in there. So in clinical studies, it's actually better at hydrating the skin long-term than hyaluronic acid. 
Okay. Yeah. I remember reading that actually. And then I have the vitamin B3 and zinc, vitamin E and oat. And uh, I don't have it with me, but I have my vitamin C and licorice serum. So vitamin B3, vitamin E, vitamin C, hyaluronic, glycolic. And this is after, so I always cleanse. Um, If I have something to double cleanse with, I'll do that. I don't at the moment. But um, I used to like double cleansing. Like I do an oil first and then I do my foaming face wash. But then when it comes to these serums, in what order should I put them on? And is there any of these that wouldn't react well together that I should? Yes. So in terms of order of operation, you, so let's go nighttime first. So yes. you had cleanse your skin. Mm-hmm. If you're using all consonant, I'll talk in the context of using yeah. all consonant products. So natural foaming face wash to cleanse the skin and then dry the skin down. This is the only serum I would suggest applying to dry skin, not damp skin. And that is the maximum glycolic meta serum because it's an AHA. Would it, would it perchance make you uh, possibly break out worse if you put it on wet skin? It shouldn't, but it can get it deeper into the skin and be a little bit irritating. So if it's causing any kind of irritation, it could break you out, but there's also a lot of factors. AHAs are one of the products where you can see skin purging. If your Mm. acne is coming up in the spots, you normally get acne and it's just kind of making it surface because it can be taking away that layer of dead skin. And sometimes the blemishes that are already kind of starting come to the surface. Okay. But if it's persistent, it could be a reaction to one of the ingredients in there. So always being mindful if you're kind of trying new products, but yes, applying your AHA and then letting it dry down. I always like to use the advice that apply your glycolic acid, brush your teeth for those two minutes. It'll dry Mm -hmm. on your skin. Then you can go in with your next step. Okay. Okay. And then I'd follow with some hydro extreme. So a couple drops of hydro extreme because it's a hydration serum. What you can also do is spritz your face with water before applying mm-hmm. Hydro Extreme because presumably your skin's going to be a bit dry after applying I have the a, I have a mister. Oh, yes. The Insta Spritz, which is a constant accessory. It's a facial mister. So you can just <laughs> gently and easily apply some water to your face. And, and I, it's very I put cute. Hydro Extreme in the water as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, the water tank. Yeah. You can put a few drops of Hydro Extreme right into the water tank, shake it up. So that's a great way to do it as well. So damp skin, we get the Hydra Extreme in there. That's your hydration step. And then there's a couple of ways you could play it. If you like doing lots of steps, mm-hmm. you could apply your vitamin E plus oat serum okay. because it's an oil-based serum. So excellent to offer some lipids to the skin, excellent for antioxidant support. And then once that's on there, you can apply your moisturizer over top. And would it be okay if I put on the B3 and zinc after the glycolic or should I not use those together? I don't recommend using alpha hydroxy acids and niacinamide together because they can interact. The pH can be affected in the acids so that they're less effective. And in some cases, the acids in the AHA can react with the niacinamide, create niacin, and that can cause blood vessel dilation and flushing of the skin. So if you've ever used an acid followed by niacinamide, you might see some like rosiness to your skin, or if you have really sensitive skin, you might see some irritation. And Erica, this is why you're here because for the past two weeks of a breakout, I have been putting the glycolic serum on damp skin followed by my B3 and zinc. And then, you know, whatever my, my moisturizer, 
making my problem not go away anyway that's what's happening so I am so oh. glad <laughs> this is why I knew I needed you um okay now what about a daytime for my daytime routine so I have uh again cleanser I have the hydro extreme I have a good eye cream and I have the vitamin c and then sunscreen excellent I don't recommend cleansing in the morning this really? can often dry your skin out if you must and your skin likes it that's great if you have oily to combination skin and you notice that when you don't cleanse your skin doesn't get as oily like i suggest trying it out see how your skin responds by just using water on the skin and and patting it dry amazing okay so then after you've sort of instead of your so your cleanse step is just going to be water in this case so Splash your face with some water. Then I would go in with Hydra Extreme Serum again because it's beautifully hydrating. It sort of preps the skin. Mm -hmm. And then vitamin C. Um, our vitamin C plus licorice serum is excellent for brightening the skin. And the vitamin C act as an antioxidant. So it can help with the impact of UV light on the skin. So it's good for daytime use because when paired with your sunscreen, it can create this kind of synergistic benefit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, perfect. So cleanse, hydro extreme, vitamin C, and then you could do, if you were feeling like you need some extra nourishment and mm -hmm. maybe moisture to the skin, you could apply your vitamin E plus oat serum. It's an okay. oil-based serum. So some people don't like applying mm -hmm. it during the day. Just depends on your skin type. We have clients that, you know, do all of the things and love it during the day. So that's optional. And then I would apply moisturizer and, or your sunscreen. So personally, the perfect sunscreen from consonant is I use that as a moisturizer because okay. it has some lipids in there, some oils that moisturize my skin well enough during the day that I don't need the addition of a moisturizer. Okay. If you have dry skin, you can go moisturizer and then sunscreen. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that is so good to know. So I've been, it sounds like I've been doing the morning more right, but I am going to try the not washing with a cleanser in the morning because I think that okay. might be super beneficial to me, but I will give that a try. I'm down to try anything. Now we've talked in this conversation, this is kind of what I want to end with about the benefits of like hydration and water and, and food and whatnot and sun on your skin, not just the benefits, sorry, but the impact of all those things. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I love talking about on this podcast, uh, sex. And I know that Consonant talks a lot about sex. You guys are not scared to talk about sex. You've partnered or put out your own vibrators before. And you talk about the benefits of orgasm on skin. And I, I want to approach that with you. What is the connection between sex and skincare? Everything is truly connected, but climax and orgasm, whether it's by yourself or with a partner has an impact on your skin, A, because our hormones are so tied to skin. And when we achieve orgasm, there's a flood of different hormones that can reduce stress. They can make you feel amazing, boost your happy hormones. And this is very tied to your skin. It can also stimulate sex hormones in your body that are tied to sebaceous glands. So it, you might see a more balance in oil production, your blood vessels dilate. So you see that flush in your skin, which in the literature is tied to a decrease in visible aging. Your right. cells get more nutrition. So there's all of those factors. And then there's also the idea that when we're having 
pleasure. We also see a boost in confidence in the way that we're feeling body autonomy can come into play. And then that's going to help kind of show through on your skin. So there also is that sort of mental side Mm -hmm. of the equation. We've also spoken with sexologists about this and they talk about the sort of chemical cascade that can then affect the estrogen levels in our bodies and how that plays into the collagen formation uh, in our skin, the firmness and elasticity. So truly it can be connected in a multitude of ways. So we highly encourage at Consonant that you're having partnered sex or you're having um, masturbation in your life. Yeah. Solo sex. So all of these come into play and we're, we're all about it, especially when it comes to, um, women as well. So we know that there is an orgasm gap. So we are all about closing that orgasm gap in the community and making sure everyone is, is being satisfied for the sake of their skin. And I love ending it there. To quote consonant representative here, get satisfied, get busy, guys. Turn off the podcast now. Go take a satisfaction break for the sake of your skin, for the sake of your mental well-being. But Erica, thank you so much. Like, I hope everyone was taking notes because I'm going to have to listen back and then take notes so that I can implement them because there were so many big words. You have an amazing brain. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with me, a dummy today. I really appreciate it. And where can folks go to check out Consonant, learn more about, you know, how wellness and what they use on their skin all kind of how, how, how that all interacts? Well, thank you for having me and for the opportunity to talk about my favorite topics. But if you're looking for more on Consonant, you can find us on all socials at Consonant Life and then also on our website, consonant.com. We're kind of all over there. And if you're interested in all of the ways that nutrition and food and all dimensions of wellness are connected to skin, I highly recommend checking out the plus care section of our website. So if you go to consonant.com, there's a little tab at the top plus care that takes you to all the scientific research and articles, all peer reviewed literature is referenced there about all of these things, how Mm. each topic kind of impacts skin. So that's an excellent resource as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Erica. I I really appreciate this conversation, honestly, because like I've been doing things wrong. Like as of this morning, I've been doing things wrong. So I needed to hear this and I'm sure listeners need to hear this as well. But thank you so much. And honestly, I still have like 13 questions that I didn't even get to. I'm going to I'm going to have to do this again in a few months with you. If you're ever open to sit back down, you can be our, our skincare expert here. Always happy to have it. Thank you for starting this uh, conversation today. Absolutely. Take care of the rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Good episode. I learned a lot about skincare. Yeah. Did you mention the mole in it? No. no, what no, are no. Her I was thoughts being selfish, moles? Shane. It was all about my own skincare, to be honest. Um, very selfish. I just have so many questions. I like to think of myself as somebody who knows skincare, but I don't. And Eric approved that. But thank you so much for coming on. And Shane, let's get to the question segment this is the mailbag segment alex takes your questions answers them i sit here and nod all right first question of the night and i'm kind of you know we've answered a ton of the questions already with the covid thing a few people asked about paxlovid did you get paxlovid what was it like because could you explain what that is please? Mm-hmm. so because i'm immunocompromised i qualified for an antiviral treatment so there's currently two antiviral treatments that you can get in ontario covered by the government which is amazing and one is paxlovid and one is remdesivir 
Rem something something. I think uh, what's his name? Joe Rogan. I think he took it. Yep. Um, but you're in good company. <laughs> it was really amazing because I went in for my PCR test at 8 a.m. I got recommended at 8:30 for this, you know, COVID care program, and I went into the COVID care specialist at like 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. and it was incredible and then I got prescribed my antiviral and I got to start taking it the first day so the thing with these antivirals you need to start taking them in the first five days of getting COVID otherwise they don't have an effect but what they do and what Paxlovid which is what I took does it reduces the viral load so then your body's immune system fights like a lesser version of the COVID infection and it stops the COVID infection from replicating and causing more damage in your lungs and in your body. So it's nice because I got to say at day three, like I felt terrible day one, day two, day three, I was tired from taking care of the kids and solo parenting, but like I felt good. So I learned recently that I'm immunocompromised, yet here I am stuck with viral loads. <laughs> What's so funny, Alex? How are you immunocompromised? I have uh, that skin disease. Yeah, but you're not taking any immunosuppressive medication or anything. No, So that's again. the thing. You have to be taking. It's like lots of people have autoimmune diseases. But if you're taking like a prednisone, like a steroid or something like that, an immunosuppressant steroid, then, then you might qualify for this. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, the care was absolutely incredible. And what it does, Paxlovid and Remdesivir, if I'm saying that right, it essentially just re reduces the rate of hospitalization for people that are more likely to be hospitalized. So I felt great. I started testing negative at day five, which was amazing. And without it, I don't think I would have been able to care for my two COVID-infected kids for that weekend while I was sick. Like, it was an incredible, incredible help. It was amazing. Modern medicine is amazing. But next question. Should we care about people's past opinions? Imagine being judged on your own opinions from 10 years ago. Shane, start it off. I don't I don't trust my opinion from the beginning of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think here's the how people feel about it. If you are a perfect person who knows how to mind your P's and Q's, you don't have a Twitter account. I think you're going to want to judge people because you want credit yeah. for all that time you spent being so perfect. But if you're a person who's free spirited and lived a life and learned and did all these things and made plenty of mistakes, you don't want cancel culture to come rearing its head mm -hmm. and take you out of the game. So I am a person who's extremely fallible. So I'm going to take the stance of, no, I don't think we should be judged for things. And I think everything's a, a learning lesson. But again, this is because my own lack of intelligence and mistakes that I made in my life. No, Shane, I think it's because of your intelligence Ooh. that you have that mindset. Because who you know what? out there... What? I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> who out there can happily say with a good conscience, yes, we should do this. I mean, it is nuanced. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of nuance to it. Like, what is that person's... Like, if I'm thinking about maybe the worst thing, it could be like, is it a super racist opinion or something like that, right? In which case, yes, give them the opportunity to change it. Don't judge them on it. However, 
have they actually changed it? Have they changed it in not just their words, but their actions? What have they done to show that they have changed as a person, their entire ethos? But of course, like I'm 33 right now. When I get my 23, and Shane, we talked about this last week on the podcast. When we get our Facebook memories coming up, when I see what I wrote when I was 23, I can't not cringe. I can't not want to vomit. It is so, not like bad or anything, but you know so much more. So much growth happens in that time, as I'm sure growth happens in every decade that you live. And I think that if you can't be forgiving or consider the nuance or at least be understanding in somebody else's growth in that time, then like Shane said, I think that, you know, some, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think anybody's that saintly. I don't think that anybody should be holding anybody to that degree. I think it's, I think it's wild. And I think that we should be more forgiving, but again, everything is nuanced. I do understand the urge though, when people want to Mm -hmm. shame people because they've been so good themselves and they had the foresight somehow to not be out of line. And you do, you're like, Oh, give me the credit. Why are we forgiving people? I've been so good. I get it. But you know. But next question. How often are babies born with the cord wrapped around their neck? So glad you came to the expert. So 20 to 30% of all deliveries involve the nuchal cord being roped around the neck in some way. Uh, There was a 2018 study in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and it reported that the majority of the time. What did I say? American? Yeah. Oh, American. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't seem like you were speaking the right language for a second. So I wasn't. Uh, but it said that the majority of the time when this happens, babies do absolutely just fine. It has absolutely no impact. However, of course, it could lead to more serious things. So when this happens, there is nothing you can do. It just has to do with a lot of fetal movement. And the doctors will take care of it the second they can. And uh, you just, you know put your faith in that but i got that from the southwestern medical center next question when you're feeling low how do you recharge your batteries shane i like exercise it's good changing my diet just saying Mm -hmm. i'm so fed up of feeling this way i'm going to eat excellent foods work out and i'm going to will myself to be happy and that usually works like treating my body like shit usually makes me feel like shit Sometimes food can make me feel very good, but if I overdo it, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not a good place for me. I can get in a bad place if I've gone too long eating too many bad foods and drinking too many bad drinks. I hear you. I hear you. I'm the same way. Um, and But one thing that does always help me is just getting weight, whether it's like to my parents' cottage, to if Shane and I can get a night out somewhere. Um... That Sometimes the cottage my spirits. and getting away is the cause of my depression, though. I feel so good, and then I get back, and I'm back into like, ugh. No, but that's only if it is following the same pattern that I was living beforehand. But if it depends what kind of break I need. If it's like a mental break, and I need a yeah. mental recharge or an emotional recharge, those things help me out. But if it's like an eating well and drinking too much thing, then yeah, those things don't help. I love being in a good routine for a sustained period of time. It's hard, though, because Mm -hmm. there's so many things in life that lure you. Uh, It's a nonstop, especially if kids, it's like, 
There's a party every day of the week. If if you didn't have kids, I, there would be more of a party every day of the week. Are you kidding me? It's you can't win either way, with kids or without kids. You can't win. There's a party every day of the There's, week. Life's too fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. I, I really like this one. Should we make this the last question? You know, we're going to have two more questions for this episode, and okay, I will save yeah. the rest for the next episode. If you dropped your phone in the toilet, would you leave it or attempt to give it out? I'm going to count to three, and we're either going to say leave it or take it out. Okay? Yeah. One two three take, take it, it out. out of course who's leaving the toilet it, right it, i don't care like toilet water is not that bad there it could be covered in turds and i would go i don't care it. i'm taking I'm it i'm bare handing it i'm mm-hmm. yeah i don't want somebody else to find it out at the turds yeah i don't care about that no. at all i'm not a toilet phobe no i agree uh next question who is the hottest celeb couple of all time i just found out that richard Gere and cindy crawford dated shane have you seen a picture of richard Gere and cindy crawford together i got one for you they do it's look funny hot. i know they're in the news for some reason recently but i i was just listening to this i know they, they are a hot couple cindy i mean i'll make any couple hot but yeah i don't know this picture is a bad photo because he doesn't look happy like that's a bad photo Okay, Who do you so, think is the hottest celeb couple? I've written down a couple, but I want to see. Okay, uh, well, okay. You got to put Brad and Angelina there. Brad and Angelina. So I've got a list of four. Brad and Angelina are on my list of four. Yeah, because individually, those are the hottest people probably that were ever made. But are they the perfect couple together? They were hot together. Yeah. but Whether I, or not they were good together emotionally, whatever, I don't care. They were hot together. Okay. So wait, let me th- try to think of some Okay, others. who do you, I'm curious, who do you think my modern family couple is? My hottest modern family couple. I don't know. I like Enrique and Anna Kornikova, though. They're a hot couple. Yeah, in my mind. I, yeah. I got Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Uh, I knew you were going to say that, but I don't know. I like them. I like them together. I think she's pretty genuine despite that. And I, I love them together. And they got love for each other. And you can yeah, see that whenever they right. are I anywhere. Got, well, I, I shouldn't be so judgmental. <laughs> okay. Who do you think is my hottest couple? Knowing me and what I was into, who do you think was my hottest couple of the early 2000s? And there, there's a couple that might go for this. Oh, there's like an indie guy that I feel like is like burnt heart something. No, no, no. without thinking that too hard. What? Without thinking that hard, you know like they I'm were still of? no. I'm I'm oh, saying like I like guy. the main celebs. Oh, oh, you're gonna say Ryan Gosling and uh, what's her name? Rachel McAdams, amazing hot couple, but I did not put them down. Ryan Gosling and even Mendez. Ryan Gosling again oh, can yeah. make any couple oh, hot. Yeah, I like even Mendez. Right, they're a hot couple. Yes, super hot couple. We should watch Place Beyond the Pines. Hot. I love that movie. I saw I it in theaters. Yeah, such a good movie. No, but um, Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rossdale before he fucked up and oh. cheated on her. No. Oh, they don't even know. See, when I was, I brought that up because when I was at that point in the 90s, they were like my ideal couple. It was them and then Carmen Electra and David Navarro. Okay. So Gwen (laughs) was every woman's girl crush. Yes. Every woman thought she was fashionable and all this. Um, Yeah, but no. And then. I feel like Liam Gallagher was that to men that Gwen was to women. Okay. yeah, Yeah, I get that. But here's my other modern couple. So for modern couples, I have Ryan Gosling, sorry, Ryan Reynolds, and I got Gosling on the brain, and Blake Lively. And my other hottest couple for modern couples, like who's together right now? Yeah. 
Heavy or Bardem? Okay. ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. Oh, good one. I love that. That's Amazing a great choice. couple. ASAP is so underappreciated. So for good looking. How handsome he is. He is so good looking. It's, and Rihanna is like we don't even infuriating. Like everyone knows Rihanna is like the most beautiful woman, but ASAP Rocky is a perfect man. Yeah, he is so good yeah, looking. It's good crazy. Good call. No, that's a great call. And I think that's a very underrated thing. ASAP, people know he's handsome, but he's never put up on this pedestal yes. the way other men are. Yes. And he's often, I find, held under Rihanna as like, oh, Rihanna's so beautiful and she's with ASAP Rocky, who's like a cool rapper. But no, he is like very good looking in his he own. He might be better looking than Rihanna. He's he's great looking. They're a great it's looking couple. Nuts. And I can't wait to see their kid. Their kid's going to be great looking. Yeah. Like Drake gets a lot of attention for being good looking. ASAP's better than Drake. Oh my God. Drake's a peasant compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's end it with that. Yes. Let's do it. Good job. Thanks everyone for listening to this, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 128.